Pastor Mark Joe. So here's what happens in our Christian life. Oftentimes, some of you have been around Christianity for a long time. But the Apostle Peter is saying, you need to remember, and I started thinking for a moment, what is it that causes us to forget? What is it that causes us to start to forget the things that we've learned along our journey? Welcome to Moody Presents with Mark Job, president of Moody Bible Institute and founding pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm John Geiger. You know, we're focused these recent weeks on bullseye living, that's staying on target with God. And if you miss some or any of this series, make sure you visit moodypresents.org where you can enjoy these messages again. That's moodypresents.org. You ever heard the expression, use it or lose it? (laughs) Now, I'm not talking about those vacation carryover days that need to be used by the end of the year. No, I'm talking about a seldom used skill set. Maybe you used to be pretty accomplished at basketball, but now that free throw is a little bit off. Or the uh, piano you play, it gets dusted, but hardly ever played. So it's more and more difficult to play a simple scale or two, let alone a Mozart sonata. Why? Well, because repetition and practice really do help us to improve. That's the subject of today's message. But of course, we're looking at this from the spiritual aspect of our lives. As we turn to 2 Peter, we'll learn to stay on top of those fundamentals of the faith. And that's where Pastor Mark begins, right now on Moody Presents. You know, as we get older, our memory starts to go. And some of you already, your memory is starting to slip a little bit. And uh, you've tried to use the vitamins, but it still slips a little bit more. And it's just part of growing older. They say that our brain cells don't reproduce as quickly as they used to. So a natural part of getting older is that your memories are important to you, but your memory gets a little fuzzy. And I, a, a year ago, about a year ago, I had this experience where I was talking on my cell phone, I got out of my car, and I actually left my keys in my car and locked the door. And so there I was, stuck in a parking lot, and I had to call my wife up and say, honey, could you uh, come pick me up? Why? I locked my keys in my car. All right, wait out there. So she had to come all the way over. I said, how could I do that? I locked my keys in my car. That's No way, it's not going to happen again. And then probably about two weeks later, I was at another place, and the same thing happened. I locked my keys in my car again. I was outside of a a coffee shop, so I called my wife up and said, Hey, honey, how you doing? Hey, you want to have coffee? (laughs) And again, I locked my keys in. And then a short time later, I was actually at a, uh, seems like it's always at coffee shops, right? This was at a Krispy Kreme. I was picking up some donuts for some guys that were doing some stuff. And I actually left my car on and I took my clicker, my, my uh, opener with me. I didn't know that if your key's in there, car's on, the opener won't work. I, I, that was something. So I closed the door. I ran in, came out and clicked in my car like this and it didn't work. So in about a month and a half time, Four times it happened to me. And I thought to myself, I'm losing it. 
I'm really too young to be losing it, but I'm, I'm getting tired of my wife having to come and get me out of the car. I'm just going to go out and get a Slim Jim or something and, and just, but I discovered the problem. The problem was that my car, when you leave your key in your car and you open up the door, there's a little buzzing ding, 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 right? It's supposed to warn you about that, but my little ding, 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 ding had stopped working. So what happened is because I didn't have a reminder, I was leaving my key in my car. Now, here's the thing. Spiritually, we're the same way. You see, sometimes basic things like, hey, take your key out of your car when you close the door. I mean, that's basic, right? I mean, you learned that in driver's ed. That's just something you should naturally do. But oftentimes, even spiritually, unless we have reminders, we begin to forget the basics. The foundational things of our spiritual life start to get fuzzy unless we're reminded of them over and over again. And you may have been a Christian for a long time, uh, have been exposed to Christianity for years and years, but the foundational things, if you're not rehearsing them and reminded of them, the very foundational things of your Christianity can get blurry and fuzzy and you can lose them if you're not reminded of them over and over again. Second Peter is written by, obviously, Peter who was the apostle Peter, the fisherman that Jesus called, said, come, follow me, left everything, went and followed him. Now, I love Peter because he's this impulsive, jumps out, starts following God, then falls flat on his face. He talks real fast. He jumps into things and doesn't follow through, but he had a real heart for God. Now, Peter's towards the end of his life. He knows that he only has a short time to live because it tells us in this passage that it's been revealed to him by God that he's going to live a short time. This is Peter's last letter, and it's a really, really important letter that he's writing. It's almost as if you knew that you had only a month to live, you would take the most important reminders that you have to pass down to your children or your friends, and you would tell them the things that are vital and important. So Peter says, so I will always remind you of these things. Always remind you. Even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. Peter says, these are things that you already know that currently you're founded in, but I need to tell you them again because I want to make sure you don't lose them. How many of you have kids that you tell the some of the same things over and over. They say, Mom, I know. Dad, I know. You say, well, I'm just telling you just to make sure you remember it. It's foundational. I'm telling you again, I know. The roll eyes of the teenagers, I know. But you remind them because you want to make sure they don't forget. And he says, I think it's right to refresh your memory. As long as I live in the tent of this body. And I love the way he talks about his body as a tent. Why a tent? Because a tent is a temporary dwelling place as opposed to a permanent dwelling place, right? I mean, no one lays tile in front of their tent, right, for a patio. You don't push your grand piano into the tent. 
You don't do plumbing in the tent. Why? Because it's temporary. You're not supposed to live in a tent for a long time. Unless you're a refugee in a refugee camp living there for a long time. But most people go on the weekend for a tent. It's a temporary place. Peter refers to his body as a tent. He says this tent, temporary dwelling place, because he knows his soul and his spirit will move on. He says, that because I know that I will soon put this tent aside as the Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. Now, if you remember, it was... Uh, in John chapter 21, verses 18 through 19, uh, Jesus told Peter that he would, the, the way he was going to die. Verse 18, I tell you the truth, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Verse 19, Jesus said this to indicate the kind of, of death by which Peter would glorify God, then he said, follow me. You see, earlier Jesus had said that Peter's hands would be tied and that he would be led probably to the guillotine or probably to some form of death where he didn't want to go. He was martyred. Peter and his side knew, I'm going to die soon. Jesus told me I would be martyred. Persecution was raising up. And so Peter says, because the Lord has made that clear to me. Verse 15, and I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're going to stand your ground and you're not going to slip and slide back, you will need to be intentional at keeping your spiritual memory fresh so you don't forget what's important. Our memory gets really fuzzy, even about the basics. I have three children, a 15-year-old daughter, 14-year-old son, and I have a nine-year-old that's in third grade. And uh, periodically, I help them with their homework when they're stuck. And boy, do I realize how much I've forgotten of the basics when I have to sit down with my nine-year-old who's in third grade and help him with this math. And now he's doing some fractions and stuff, and I'm like, uh, okay, son, this got little fuzzy for me over the years. And here I am trying to help my third grader with this math, and I'm trying to remember the basics again. Why? Because I don't use fractions all the time, and I don't use all that math all the time. And because something that was so basic that I knew through high school and, and, and did in college and I knew so well, it's become fuzzy to me because I haven't used it. Uh, growing up, I, I, I li uh, lived in the country of Spain, and so I grew up knowing two languages, English and Spanish. And then when I was in my teenage years, I actually went to France and worked in France for a couple of summers, so I picked up French as well, enough French to get me by. But I didn't learn it really, really well, just enough to understand it and get, get me by. So when I, I, I visited France since then, and when I go there, because I haven't used French a lot, and I don't use French on a regular basis, it's really, really rusty because I haven't used it. And, and, and so it takes a while. I start forgetting the basics because if you don't use it, you end up losing it, right? Use it or lose it. 
And so I, I need to be refreshed in the basics. And after I'm there a while, it starts coming back because my memory starts kicking in. And then I can pronounce those weird sounding words and it starts kicking in a little bit. But if you don't use something for a while, you start forgetting the basics. This is Moody Presents with Mark Job. We're talking about that need to jumpstart those fundamental skills, those spiritual lessons you learned early on that perhaps have now started to fade. Speaking of forgetting, don't forget to visit our website, moodypresents.org. Moodypresents.org. Now again, here's Pastor Mark, who identifies a reason why people forget. Jack Nicholas is uh, the famous golfer. And it's interesting because he maintained number one position for a long time until Tiger Woods came along. And he was like, number one. And someone asked him one time, hey, how is it that you stay at the top of your game? How is it that you can be one, number one season after season after season? And he, his, his reply was a little bit uh, surprising. He said, after every season is over, I go back to my original coach and I go over the basics with him again. And I go over the fundamental moves of golf and the basic things of golf after every season. Why? Because sometimes when we're so into something, we begin to forget the basic things. Are you tracking with me? So here's what happens in our Christian life. Oftentimes, some of you have been around Christianity for a long time. But the Apostle Peter is saying, you need to remember, and I started thinking for a moment, what is it that causes us to forget? What is it that causes us to start to forget the things that we've learned along our journey? Because just because you learned them one time doesn't mean you're not going to forget them. Some of you have learned lessons 10 years ago that you have to repeat now over again because you forgot them. Lessons that God taught you a long time ago. Lessons that you vowed, I will never forget this. I will never do it again. And guess what? Your memory's gotten fuzzy and you're back to the same old thing because you forgot those lessons that took you such a hard course to learn. What causes us to forget spiritually? What causes our mind to start slipping and forgetting? Well, I was reading through scripture. I was thinking a little bit what causes me to forget and what causes, uh, what caused people in scripture to forget. And, and I realized there's several things that cause us to forget. I, I think that one of the things that causes us to forget is the hardness of heart. You see, if we allow our heart to start getting hard towards God slowly, then we start forgetting the things that God taught us yesterday, two years ago, a year ago. Now, how does the hardening of the heart happen? Well, I used to play guitar a long time ago. I played it quite a bit. In fact, we didn't have a worship team, so I led the worship team. Thank God we're past those days. <laughs> and if you would have heard me, you would have said, yes, pastor. Whew, thank God we're past those days. But I was basically all we had. So I, I preached, I played the guitar, I, uh, I, I was an usher, I set up the chairs. I pretty much was one-man act there because we were just starting out. We were really small. 
and, and, and we were just getting going, so I had to do a little bit of everything. And I played the guitar, and those of you that are guitar players know that your uh, left hand presses, with the tips of your fingers, you press the chords down. And if you play an acoustic guitar, those chords are, uh, th those chords are uh, um, different kinds of metals on most of those, those uh, chords, as opposed to the nylon that's on the classical guitar. And so uh, when you first start playing, the tips of your fingers get sore. Now, if you keep playing after a while, your, the tips of your fingers will become calloused. And you can play and press down, and it doesn't bother you very much because there is calluses on the tips of your fingers. And you know what calluses are, right? Dead skin. And dead skin is there because you don't feel anything, and you can press and push, and you don't feel anything. Some of you ladies spend a lot of time trying to get that dead skin off of your heels and your toes, and, and you have all kinds of lotions and potions and powders and sandpaper, whatever you do to get that stuff off, because you don't like dead skin, right? But the body has a purpose for that dead skin. That dead skin is to keep us from experiencing pain. And if something keeps hurting you over and over and over, your body develops a resistance, dead skin, so it doesn't hurt anymore. It's called a callus. Well, that's good in a body when you have uh, something rubbing against your heel all the time. It doesn't hurt you as much. But it's not good spiritually, but the same thing happens spiritually. If you're doing something that grieves God, and the Spirit of God convicts you about it, and you know it's wrong when it first happens. You feel really bad about it. You feel convicted about it. Man, I shouldn't do this. I know it's bad. Ah, Lord, please. You come to church. Ah, you, you bow your head. God, I really don't want to do this. But you refuse to give it up. The next time it'll keep bothering you and bothering you and it'll, you'll wrestle with it and it'll bother you. But if you keep saying no to God, even though it hurts, and you keep saying no, no, I'm not going to give it up. I'm not going to give it up. You begin to excuse it. You begin to say why it's okay. You begin to, you fight it, you resist it. What you will discover is over a period of time, that pain and hurt and conviction will lessen. And the day will come when it doesn't even bother you anymore. That you can do it without it even bothering you, even though at one time it really bothered your conscience, but it will no longer bother you, and it's called hardening of the heart, the spiritual heart. It no longer bothers you. You can do it and you no longer get convicted because you've said no so many times to God. God has convicted you. You've resisted the Spirit so many times that you can do it without even feeling bad about it. It's called hardening of the heart. And when you harden your heart that way, you start forgetting Forgetting the lessons that God is trying to teach you. You know what else causes us to forget? In Deuteronomy, it talks about it a lot. The people of God fell into this a lot. Deuteronomy chapter 4, 5, and 6 talks about the people of Israel. They're warned strongly that one of the things that causes our memory to go soft, one of the things that causes our memory to start getting foggy, and we start to forget. You know what it's called? Prosperity. Prosperity. 
When life gets better, the crisis isn't there, no one's banging at your door, there's no, you're not putting your car in the alley for the repo truck to take it. You've, you're not at the stage where you put the, your possessions in everyone's name in the house. Now you're down to your three-year-old trying to get credit for them. No, you're past that stage. You're not in the middle of a hospital crisis where there's a baby in an ICU unit. That, that's not happening. Or you're not in the crisis of a major marital thing where you're about to get a divorce. Or you're, you're, you're not in Cook County for two months waiting trial. It's amazing how spiritual people get at Cook County. It's one of the greatest places of revival around the nation. It's like the Cook County revival place. Man, I've seen guys that are hard. What's up, Pastor? You talk to me. Man, in Cook County, yeah, Pastor, I want to pray. Pray for me. Come visit. Give me a Bible. Suddenly, like, revival strikes a month in Cook County. They want to pray. I wish I could go to church. If I were out, I'd go right now. It's like, wow, this is like spiritually, spirituality turned up high just at 26 in California. But you know, what, you know what the issue is? Because people are in a crisis. And it's amazing how quickly the spirituality goes away once the judge says, you're on probation, you can get out. It's like, hey, bro, man, you were a spiritual. Yeah, yeah, pastor, you know, I got a lot of things to do. I can't. What happened? Because in crisis, oftentimes, crisis drives us to seek God but when life is going well, it fogs our memory towards our dependence on God. In fact, did you know, hey, I believe that God wants us to prosper in a lot of ways of life. And I believe that materialism, that, that, there, that money is neutral, it's not good or bad. Some people say, well, money is evil, but they want more of it. No, money's not evil, it's neutral. It's the love of money that's evil, Right? But the Bible also says this, that it's harder for a rich man to enter into heaven than it is for a, a, a camel to go through the eye of a needle. That's pretty hard, right? Ever tried to get a camel through the eye of a needle? Tough job. Why is it so hard? Because what happens when we begin to prosper, when, when, when we make it, when, when we get ahead, what happens is we tend to transfer our trust from God and dependence on God to dependence on things. And our security and our comfort becomes things rather than God. And so Deuteronomy chapter 6 says, hey, it says, it says this, hey, when God has prospered you, when you're in houses and when things are going well, listen, it says your houses are filled with all kinds of good things that you did not provide Wells that you did not dig, your vineyards and olive oils that did, you did not plant. Then when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord. Because when things go well, you can forget sometimes who is the one that helped you in those times of needs and got you through. We need to constantly remember, and sometimes it's only a, a trial that causes us to remember that God is the one that's been there all the time. It refreshes our memory. 
So be careful what you pray for. Some of you are saying, yeah, Pastor, I just feel kind of spiritually dull. I'm just kind of in a lukewarm season. I, I'm just really praying that God would revive my heart. Okay, maybe you're praying for a crisis. Maybe what's going to revive you is something that's going to really drop you, drop you to your knees and wake you up and make you realize how dependent you are on God. Because listen to me, security is an illusion. There's nothing secure on the face of this earth except for God himself. Economies fall, people die, your body gets sick, relationships break up, political figures disappoint us. There's nothing secure on the face of this earth except God and your relationship with God. And so you need to make sure that that is solid in your life. All right. So Peter goes on to say, I want you to remember these things always. Then verse 16, he moves on to a second point. And he reminds them in the second point that they need to retell the stories of their important God encounters and the lessons they've learned. It's so important for us to remember where our security is and that we're solidly anchored to biblical truth. You can catch up in our series anytime online at moodypresents.org. Listen again or share us with a friend. Also, we'd love to connect and hear how Moody Presents is encouraging or maybe challenging you in your spiritual walk. Email us your story, won't you, at moodypresents at moody.edu. Can you really trust the Bible as a reliable anchor in your life, the ultimate source book? Well, next time we're going to look at some of the reasons that will allow you to conclude a definite yes as our Bullseye Living series continues. I'm John Geiger, inviting you to join us next time right here on Moody Presents, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of the Moody Bible Institute.